These last several weeks in the Sunday morning service, of course, our theme has been Jehovah Jireh and the wonderful perspective on God being all-knowing and very personally involved with each one of our lives. And because we know He sees, He will provide. And it really gets down to uh, faith, deep faith in what the Word of God says and how that applies to our life. And I got burdened to deal with one of the great faith killers. And I've already introduced the subject at the beginning of the service, and that's a matter of fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. And I, I want us just to take a few minutes here tonight and think this through, because honestly, if we don't have fear, we won't have any trouble giving. Won't have any trouble giving our lives to the Lord. Won't have any trouble taking the steps of faith that we ought to take. But fear grips us and will keep us back from the steps that God wants us in obedient faith. I think all of you are familiar with Daniel Defoe's character, Robinson Crusoe. And uh, several years ago, I think I gave this illustration about how uh, the destructive uh, effect of fear and worthy on, on Christian faith is really seen in this story. And you may remember he rejected his father's pleas to... Uh, to not go and leave home, but he did, and he searched for wealth and adventure, and he lived recklessly and godlessly until a big storm came, and he was shipwrecked uh, on a deserted island in the Caribbean. But his soul was uh, changed when he found a Bible among the effects salvaged from the, of the shipwreck, and he was converted through reading it and grew into a devout, hardworking, thankful Christian. And though he was missing human uh, companionship, his life was peaceful and prayerful, and his faith really seemed strong. But you remember, if you've read it, one day he found a footprint in the sand, and he suddenly realized he was not alone on that island. Knowing the fierce cannibalistic practices of uh, some of the native tribes in that area, he grew into a fearful man. He looked over his shoulder every step that, step that he took. He couldn't sleep peacefully any longer. He altered his habits and his patterns. He visualized himself being captured, boiled, uh, devoured. And he says in the, in the book uh, by Defoe, Thus my fear banished all my religious hope, all that former confidence in God, which was founded upon such wonderful experience as I had had of his goodness. Now vanished if he had, as if he ha that had fed me by miracle hitherto could not preserve by his power the provision which he had made for me by his goodness. And you look at the story, it's quite an illustration, isn't it? Of where every believer has gone at some point in their life. Fear really will take away our faith in what God has said. So that's what fear does to us. Fear is diametrically opposed to faith. Uh, 26 years ago, USA Today ran a cover story entitled Fear, What Americans Are Afraid of Today. And I chuckled when I saw this uh, very old uh, poll and the things that Americans fear the most, 54% are afraid or very afraid of being in a car crash. That's probably about the same today. 53% are afraid or very afraid of having cancer. That's probably about the same. 
50% are very afraid or uh, afraid or very afraid of inadequate Social Security. I think that's 100% now, <laughs> if there will be Social Security. 49% are afraid or very afraid of not having enough money for retirement. That's a lot higher today because of what's happening. And this one I just chuckled at. That's why I couldn't help but uh, do this. 30% are afraid or very afraid of exposure to foreign viruses. <laughs> I thought that was really funny from 26 years ago. Uh, who knows where that percentage is. And 9 out of 10 Americans say the world is not a safer place than when they were growing up. And uh, so... I thought that was interesting. But uh, seriously, as D. Martin Lloyd-Jones says, when a man is defeated by life, it is always due ultimately to the fact that he is suffering from a spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is the real, the ultimate cause of all failure in life and of all unhappiness. That's quite a statement, but he may well be right. That it's unbelief, which is also fear. They go together. And so uh, that's something we need to very much look at. We're not going to exposit the verse, but if you would turn there with me here this evening, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Isaiah 41, verse 10. We're going to just use this as a springboard to just talk for a few minutes here about this very important matter of fear and how that it is indeed a faith killer. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isn't that great news? Fear thou not, I'm with you. Oh, I remember, I've given illustrations of this from very different, different angles. I've been in several different spots when I was a kid where I was scared to death, and then Dad showed up. That's fine. Once he was there, you know how the kid is, uh, you think Dad can do everything. Once you become a dad, you realize they really couldn't, but it's a good thing we trusted him at the time. Uh, but uh, as long as God's presence is with me, and then he says, for I am thy God. And I will strengthen thee. Yea, I'll help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand. Think of that omnipotent hand of righteousness. So keeping that in mind, a couple of things here that I want us to look at. First of all, fear is a tool of Satan to control. It is a tool of Satan to control. If you study pagan, animistic, animistic uh, cultures, uh, any of the... Uh, the uh, Religions of our day, they use all kinds of tactics to keep people in line through fear. Uh, this is something missionaries find all the time. The curses, the omens, the taboos, the fetishes, the charms, the demonic uh, pressure uh, that people feel. They live in fear. They worship because of fear. And frankly, some of the major religions, uh, it's the same kind of thing. And, and really, the underlying aspect is demonic retribution. If you don't do what you're supposed to do according to whatever uh, aspect of uh, paganism there is, then negative things will happen. And by the way, negative things do happen. They really do happen. 
But then you've got uh, the opposite, the atheistic, communistic uh, dictatorships and so forth. There you have fear of surveillance and misused evil power. You know, in many places there are a lot of good people, but they go right along with ungodly leadership because they just are fearful and not willing to stand up. And it's, and it's humanly understandable. I mean, when it comes to the things of the Lord, you would want to see courage in those regards. And, and, and surveillance today, folks, is a big, big deal. And so there is a, there, the, majority, the majority of the world lives in fear. And our own secular culture, there are more and more growing strongholds of fear. I'm not going to go into any of the thinking and theories about what's happened over the last three years, but I can tell you fear gripped the United States of America, right? Still is in probably half of America at least. And, um, and unfortunately, different aspects of agenda uh, from the secularistic standpoint were advanced. Whether thought through ahead of time or not, uh, fear became a tool to do things that could not have been done as rapidly in our culture as they have been done. I think we all understand that. And so we have had a first-hand front-row seat to see what happens when people are fearful uh, in a culture and how easily manipulation can occur. And uh, individual freedoms can go away very quickly uh, because of fear. And then in the more, just um, in the world's situation, there's the fear of the loss of health. Many people are paranoid about that. And by the way, it's this thing called age in which you will inevitably lose your health. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's just the way it is. So there's this thing. In, uh, but many people live with a morbid fear of that. Financial reversal. People that live for money, people that live for materialism, if there's any thought that they could potentially lose their security, they become panicky. Uh, the fear of rejection in relationships, that's really big. The heartache in divorces, uh, the heartache in um, other kinds of relationships, uh, it's, a, it's a very big deal. There's fear that comes with people that have a conscience when they are part of immoral choices and are guilty in their lives or they have committed crimes. Uh, they can seem tough, but they live looking over their shoulder all the time, or they live with awful guilt. And that's uh, horrible fear that only God can take away. And if you don't know the Lord, there's the fear of eternity. Oh, people can be very, have a lot of bravado about that, and I'm not worried. I'll just go be with my friends in hell. But in the middle of the night, they wake up and fear grips them. So fear is a part of the unsaved world. And I could go on and on, and you all could add many more points to that. But what's tragic is God's people are often dominated by fear. As I quoted earlier, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So where do we get that spirit of fear? Well, we have the flesh that is self-serving, but Satan knows how to play on that. And he does it from many, many angles. We live in a culture of death. We live in a culture that does not respect dignity of man because of an evolutionary um, worldview. 
Uh, Satan is able to make things happen that cause believers to fear. And he wants to, from many different angles, to build strongholds of fear in our lives. And that ought not be. When Alan Emery was in the wool business, he was a businessman, and he once spent an evening with a shepherd on the Texas prairie. During the night, the long wail of coyotes pierced the air. And if you've ever been, many of you have been out in the <clears throat> camping and so forth. Man, that just bone chilling. I, I can, I've heard it a number of times, but nothing like a pack of coyotes all of a sudden uh, when you're used to sleeping indoors and uh, don't hear that kind of thing. Well, it, uh, it'll really get the hair up on your neck. The shepherd's dogs growled and peered into the darkness. The sheep which had been sleeping lumbered to their feet, alarmed, and they were bleeding uh, loudly and pitifully. The shepherd tossed more logs under the fire, and the the flames shot up. In the glow, uh, Mr. Emery looked out and saw thousands of little lights. He realized those were reflections in the fire of the eyes of the sheep. In the midst of the danger, the sheep did not look out into the dark where the coyotes were, but instead they kept their eyes fixed on their only hope for safety, and that was their shepherd. And that may remind you of looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. But the fact is, we get our eyes off of Jesus pretty quickly. And fear can grip us of what people think about us and can cause us in pure situations to make choices that we never should make. And by the way, that's not just a teen problem. That's an adult problem. Many, many adults do not want rejection and therefore make faithless decisions. They make decisions that go against the Bible simply because they do not want to be thought ill of by other believers or lost people. But we don't need to fear. Fear that uh, inhibits our parenting. Uh, fear of you know, our culture and what could happen and what other people think and, and so on. And our kids measuring up and all that can be paralyzing. Fear that keeps us from seeking freedom from our sinful patterns. Uh, and, and just a, a fear of being open. A fear of dealing with uh, habits that need to be, uh, can all be overcome. We can be more than overcomers. Fear that keeps us hiding our shame. Not, like I said, not wanting to be open. Uh, fear that destroys our deems, uh, dreams of serving God because it just seems too fearful. You know, we rejoice with Brother Shimon here, but that, these steps have been fearful, haven't they, brother? I mean, they are, they're scary steps. But if you let fear grip you, then you stay out of the will of God. Um, fear that keeps you from being open and getting close to those in your family and those that you need to minister to because you can't really reveal who you really are. Um, fear, and we've been, this is what I'm relating this to as far as our series, fear that keeps us uh, back from that key step of faith. Just don't think it'll work. Oh, I remember a couple of times younger how that fear and that what God called me to do in some area and financially and so forth. And that fear can grip, but that step of faith must overcome the fear. 
Fear that keeps us from stepping into the life of another person to minister because we don't want to be rejected. Believe me, when you start discipling and ministering to people, there's going to be a level of those, there's going to be a percentage of those that will not turn out or might hurt you in the process. And we don't like that. That's what happens in families. Fear that puts us on the sideline of ministry, not willing to take the risks. I tell the young men here in the college, faith steps are big risks. It's not comfortable. But you've got to do what God says. You've got to take, you've got to do everything that God says. And that's the only place that God is going to be able to work. And if you don't do that, then the ministry will not be what it ought to be. And a number of other things could be said. So you, you can see fear does play a, a big role, doesn't it? In faith that brings great victory and usefulness in our lives. So God's desire... Secondly, here is to free his people from fear. And uh, what a blessing to know that. Uh, that's why over and over, think about it. How many times do you read in the word of God, fear not? Fear not. Which means he knows that we fear. You know, it's wonderful to know that we have a high priest, uh, but we have not a high priest that is not touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Uh, for he was in all points tempted like we are, and yet without sin. Listen, when he had to face some of the physical punishment, when he had to face uh, the taunting crowds and the potential stonings and all of those things, uh, his humanity, though it was not fallen, I'm sure experienced the reality of what he was facing at that time, so he does understand. So God's foremost solution, folks... To fear is his presence, as Isaiah 41 said. When you spend time with God, your heart gets comforted. When the word of God becomes powerful in your life, when you have just sensed his nearness to you and you've been able to communicate, he answers questions, you, you get his heart, you spend enough time to be settled in him, and then he is on your mind throughout a day, praying without ceasing, praying always, fear does go away because God is a big God. That's why we're looking at the I am, know him. What a difference that may, what makes. And then you're able to join him and not allow fear to overcome you. And so God's promises are purposefully given to remove our fears. Listen, God's principles and God's promises address about everything in life. Fear about family, fear about provision, fear about security, all of these things, God addresses those. And when fear thoughts come, and they do come, Replace them with promises. You know, sometimes uh, it's interesting, just uh, like middle of the night or at just a unique time, all of a sudden you just say, sense Satan endeavoring to get you to fear. All you have to do is start talking to God and quote the, quote the Word of God. Get on the ground of truth, and I'm telling you, the Spirit of God does not fear Satan, nor does he fear anything else. And when you yield to him, you are, on, you are on the victory side in that area. I have seen emotionally uh, just that turn in a, in a moment to go from fear to confidence. Not because I had great resolution, but I have a great God. 
And see, but when you get in the habit of constantly yielding to fear, yielding to fear, yielding to fear, you've got pathways in your brain that, <clears throat> that you've, uh, you don't want to develop. And so you've got to get rid of those by constantly turning to the Lord. That's why, folks, we cannot afford to shortcut our time with God. It's vital that our children, parents, do not see us fearful. It's vital that those looking to us for leadership do not see us fearful. But I'm telling you, you can't fake that. That comes from a confidence, as we talked about the faith journey this morning, when you're seeing God work, you're experiencing Him, and you know He's real, and though you can admit, this is tough, my God will. And that conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit just uh, changes the whole equation. So match a promise. Excuse me. Find a promise that matches your fear and destroy that stronghold of fear with a promise. It's been said, use that promise like a battering ram until the wall of stronghold is destroyed and no longer controlling you. And there are great scriptures that we could go down. And so we want in... Our own lives, folks, we've got to be fearless so that we can disciple others into fearlessness. Emotional problems, lack of parenting properly, lack of making right decisions, lack of good stewardship, all of these things come because steps of faith haven't been taken to overcome the, the fear that is natural in our lives. And so five areas here, and we'll be done, that... Uh, uh, we need to be really asking God for victory over fear. We need to be fearless in and about our world. Now, folks, a lot of troubling things, aren't there? And a lot of the things that you're hearing are true. I could go from economics to the political situation to the international situation to the a major encroachment of humanism upon our culture in every facet and how Christians are cl clearly more and, become, more and more becoming the enemy of this whole progressive movement. And it's very easy for us to have fear. Matthew 24, 6, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. <laughs> God's in control. And so, folks, we cannot live with fear. Now, we need to be sober. We need to be wise. We need to make right decisions. Above all, we need to be motivated to reach the world. That's what it ought to do for us. Uh, but don't live in that fearful mindset or you're just going to be living day by day uh, just ready for everything to collapse. It will collapse by the way, this whole world that you stand on right now in uh, a little over a thousand years is going to, it's going to be gone. Everything will implode. Uh, but we'll be in the heavenly Jerusalem unless you don't know the Lord. Uh, but uh, so we have nothing to fear. But we need to really ask the Lord to use our concern about what's going on to motivate us to walk with God, to motivate us to be broken for the lost, to motivate us to use the time that we have. I'm telling you, God's people ought to be so stirred right now, you, we couldn't hold back the churches in America. But I think they're huddling around, so many are, and just scared to death. God, help us. We can't live that way. You, uh, I tell you what, 
Christians around the world and Christians throughout history would have absolutely no sympathy for the Christians in America today. Yeah, it's far more ominous clouds than we've ever seen, but my friends, it is nothing compared to what believers are facing and have faced. And so uh, I say that strongly because fear stops you from having what? Faith. We need to have faith today. You know, it doesn't matter who wins an election. God's on the throne. doesn't matter who's controlling the academic institutions. It's terrible that what's happening is happening or what happens in the media world or whatever. I'm telling you, when God begins to move, he changes the entire equation. And we, have the, we are going to the power center of the universe every time we pray. And so, as what does the Bible say when you get persecuted? What's the reaction of a believer to be? Rejoice. Uh, exceedingly rejoice, uh, the, the Lord Jesus said. Blessed are you when you're persecuted. And so, and, and Peter, First uh, Peter chapter 4, rejoice and exceedingly rejoice. And so what should we be doing right now with uh, persecution beginning to heat up a little bit? Wringing our hands or what does the Bible say? We need to rejoice, not in a silly fashion, but in a very deep way to be able to suffer on the behalf of Jesus Christ. And then we need to be fearless about our evangelism. Um, fear not. There in Luke 5, the Lord Jesus said unto Simon, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Oh, you saw a powerful work there with the draw to fish, fishes, Peter, and the rest of you disciples. That needs to show you that, God, I can, I can work. And uh, evangelism, I think probably is the biggest issue in American churches today. There is a fear today, and it's keeping us back. And, um, and I, honestly, when I think that gets broken through, I think you, we will see things we've never dreamed of seeing. But it's faith. It's faith that the gospel is the power of God. It's the faith that God will be with us. It's the faith that there are divine appointments. It's faith that there is a white harvest. And folks, what do you, how do you get over uh, the matter of fear in soul winning, take a step of faith and just do it. Just do it. I can tell you right now, the story we heard about uh, Brother Michael there uh, in the airport that he was in. Uh, if you would just look around, that would not be a very, and I know I've been in that airport a couple of times, that would not be where you'd want to talk. And yet, God said, that's why you're here. He took the step of faith, and three people are going to heaven because of that. Isn't that exciting? But the step of faith had to be taken. And my, what a conviction that is. But we need to engage that neighbor, engage the stranger, be on mission, be ready, give our testimony, speak freely by the Spirit of God. And that's when the fear goes. Have you ever noticed, I've, uh, I think most of us could give the same illustration I'm fearful every time I start out, especially if I'm going to go door to door or something like that. And that first door or so, you just, ah, you know, the, the human reaction's there. But after you start engaging people, it's not long. The Spirit of God steps in, and man, I can't wait till the next door. Well, that's a miracle. See, that's the supernatural life. 
And then thirdly, fearless about disciple making. I've already mentioned this. Uh, Galatians 4.19, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you, I desire to be present with you. He said this is a travail. Night and day we find in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, he gave him himself. And you read his heart cry on in several occasions of how people had turned away from him and all, and he had invested in the lives like Demas has forsaken me, who was a close disciple and, and gone after the world. That is hard. And one of the problems is that people, many times Christians know that discipleship is wonderful, but they're afraid to get too engaged in people's lives because they don't want to be rejected. Folks, in today's world, if you're going to disciple someone, it's, uh, it's exciting to go over the truths of the Christian life, but inevitably you're going to confront lifestyle issues pretty quickly. The majority, you'll see real victory after they're saved because God's working the heart. Some will turn. But I'm telling you, when you've been courageous and were the right kind of leader and did not let fear get a hold of you, those will be the p- people that really appreciate you the most because you became a deliverer. No, you can't live that way. No, that immorality is wrong. No, you can't have that kind of lifestyle. Let's talk about it. Uh, we need to, I need to give you some biblical principles about the home here. And it can get tense, and I've had it really tense in discipleship at times, but all oh, the sweet blessing when God steps in. Folks, somebody cared enough about you to help you down the road. And uh, we've got to do the same thing and not let fear uh, get a hold of us. We need to be determined for one another. We need to see them through. We need to ask God for a disciple and not leave them until if they turn away, fine. But most you'll see through, but it will take effort. And just like he said, I, I travailed in birth with you, but then God does the work. And there's nothing more thrilling than seeing multiplication occur because you invested yourself in soul winning and you invested yourself in discipleship and it just explodes. But if you're fearful and worried about yourself, then it does not happen. And here's a key one, fear, fearless about strongholds. Uh, this is something that uh, we need to really uh, Ask God for help. We've been dealing with that quite a bit here in the church, trying to just get right down to where people are living. And uh, some of the things are just gripping us, especially with technology and the other issues. And you can't have victory when you've got hidden sin. As uh, Romans 8.15 says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Folks, we are now grown-up children in this dispensation, and we can have freedom, and we don't have to fear, and we can have great victory. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us so. So <clears throat> we need to be fearless to tackle the areas of spiritual failure. Why do we have it? Get the help that you need. Defeat, bondage. Um, if they haven't been solved, be fearless. Don't worry about what people think. I tell you, hypocrisy and putting on a face and an image has, has killed more Christians. More than anything else, you want victory. That's why, folks, you're wise being on a Sunday night. 
as many, as many times you can be in preaching, as much as you can be in, in, in Bible teaching, as much as you can be in, in sessions in which there is an openness between God's people, the better off it is because God will give you answers. And if you can't, don't get the answers through that, then open up and with people that can help you, but do not end until you see the victory. But we're so afraid of what people think. As you know, if you go to a great forest, you'll find huge trees there. Yeah, they tower above other t- trees and appear to be the very picture of strength and, um, and maturity. However, loggers will oftentimes bypass them because they know those big trees often um, are uh, uh, just are rotten inside. And uh, they're the ones, you know, where in the kids' books, uh, the raccoon lives, you know, and all those kind of things. And uh, these trees are the ones that are blown over in a windstorm because they appear to be the picture of strength, but in fact, their hollowness makes them weak. People say, well, how did that person fall? One by accident. That didn't come out of nowhere. They weren't what you thought they were. They weren't growing. They weren't honest. They weren't accountable. They were not maturing because of hypocrisy. Appearing strong on the outside, but hollow and rotten on the inside. And uh, folks, that kind of fear just cripples spiritual growth. Did you know that every, any habit that's represented in this room right now that's a secret sin that's killing you, that can be overcome this week? You can have victory tonight. And you can have ongoing victory because you have the Spirit of God who is the God of victory. And we have the Word of God that has the answer. Folks, you can live in the Spirit moment by moment. It's a wonderful reality. And then another thought is, which is such a key part of, of, of our lives is our homes. And there's such fear on the part of parents to uh, really lead like they should, and then they get fearful of children. And I'll tell you, we live in a day uh, that, um, you know, children can uh, create things in a home if that home doesn't have the, the closeness and the love and the consistency and the discipline that it ought to have. But we need to be men and women of faith in our homes. Children are fearful to be open with their parents. There are children right now in this room, there are teenagers in this room, and you're scared to death to open up to your parents because you, you're really scared about how they're going to react. Most parents won't. Some do. And by the way, parents, don't be that kind of parent. If your child comes and confesses something, uh, you need to really just be open and bring them, kindly bring them through and help them. But young people, that fear will, will keep you sometimes for years from... Uh, from growing, and you'll be f- uh, just far, you'll be dwarfed in your life. And so there's fear on both sides of the equation in homes. Fear of husbands really knowing what to do with their wives and unwilling to get help. Men just don't want to be honest. Wives fearful about uh, trying to deal with their situations. And, uh, and fear keeps us away uh, f- uh, from um, faith and seeing God work. It leads to a passivity that equals defeat. We could go on and on, couldn't we? But God does not want us to fear. Fear not.
So as we talk about God will provide, as we talk about the wonderful truth that God sees, he knows, his promises are true. But the thing that's going to kill faith is to let unbelief and fear go undealt with. And if we will take the step of dealing with any of these areas, God will overcome that fear. He's not given us the spirit of fear. And he'll give us confidence like we talked about this morning, that hope, which is confident expectation. We didn't really even talk about that. That enduring faith, it's a wonderful thing. And, uh, and folks, today, as God's people, we really do need to be a generation of folks that believe God and do not let fear get a hold of us. Here at Falls Baptist Church, we're not going to hunker down, okay? We're going out. There's a world that needs Christ. God will take care of us. And you do right on whatever God's calling you to do, and you'll be amazed at how God will bless your life. We need Christians that fear not.